Hi everyone, this is Tim. Thanks for the download. If you get your podcast through iTunes, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. More ratings and review that are received, others will find us as we move up the ranks. So it would be greatly appreciated by both Anthony and I. Speaking of Anthony, he's unable to join us for episode 15 because of conflict in his schedule. But Matt Emch, my radio partner on Z104 for high school football, is filling in. And this podcast is similar to our one-on-one podcast. And Matt will be discussing not just his career in football, but how he got started in broadcasting. Plus, uh, Matt and I just have a, a great conversation throughout the next hour. So just sit back, enjoy, and again... If you get your podcast through iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review us. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, enough of me. Let's get started. This is episode 15 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast, starting right now. Hi, everyone. This is Tim, and Anthony, unfortunately, is not going to be able to join us for episode 15 of the MVP Sports Podcast, so we uh, wish Anthony the best. I'm sorry you're not here, buddy, and uh, I look forward to talking Indians with you very soon, and of course, uh, the Youngstown State Penguins. However, I have someone here with me that I kind of teased on the scoreboard show. I hope you listen to it. I have Matt Emch here with me, who is my partner for high school football this year, and we're going to talk about Matt and get a little bit of note about him and have some fun talking sports. So, Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Tim. I appreciate it. And I also wish Anthony was here, but I'm sure he'll be here on another day. Exactly. We'll get Anthony here. And uh, I know he te- he texted me last night. He goes, they changed my schedule at work. I can't get off. I'm like, don't worry about it. It's okay. We'll be all right. At least you and I will see him <laughs> Friday. I exactly. Assume. Yeah. As yeah. far as I know, he's going to be available Friday. And, and as you know, he's invaluable. Yes. What he he brings to the broadcast, uh, you don't hear Anthony on the Z104 broadcast, but what he does is he provides us with stats, uh, not on just drives, but actual players and everything else. Oh, man, and his eyes, his he, eyes, like eagle eyes. Exactly. I mean, he, you and I were struggling to see the numbers because, A, Mollenkopf Stadium, we did the JFK and LeBray game this past Friday. And if you listen to the scoreboard show, you would hear part of that. Uh, but getting back into it, Mollenkopf has what I call little dead zones. It's it's kind of dark in some areas, so it's kind of tough to pick up some of the numbers. And Mollenkopf, we're way away from the field. Unlike most high schools, are pretty close to the field. Mollenkopf is up high, and it's in you know it's a beautiful stadium. Not knocking the stadium, it's just as a view to broadcast the game. Definitely. You see the entire field. Seeing numbers, not necessarily as easy as it looks. And that was one of the the fun things about it. So before we get into the uh, football game, what we covered, uh, Matt, let's talk about you. I know those who follow Youngstown State football will remember your name from the um, early 90s as you were a part of Jim Trestle's uh, championship uh, teams in the early 90s, the first championship team in 91 and 93 and 94, correct? It, yes, it's it's been a while, though. It makes me feel old yeah, I know looking the feeling. at it now. So, uh, yes, I was blessed uh, to get a scholarship when I was a senior at Ursuline High School uh, from Coach Tressel and the Youngstown State University. I'm very proud to say that when I was 
being recruited uh, the day of letter signing, the jam bar, if you remember that Correct. paper for YSU, uh, they were interviewing all of the recruits. And when they interviewed me, one of the things I had said, and I have, I have it, it's quoted, um, I said, it said, Matt Emsch talking national championship for Penguins. And then, boom, my, my first year we get a national championship. And, um, you know, it was just one after another after another. Of course, 92, we just missed getting another championship. It was uh, difficult to swallow losses like that. But, you know, we made it past that and, and uh, got two more. And uh, Coach Trestle, of course, went on to become – one of the greatest college coaches, in my opinion, in history, and had his career uh, unfortunately ended by a, a little scandal over a tattoo. So um, it's amazing what brings down certain individuals in uh, in sports, especially coaches. I mean, we could talk about that, and we can get into that a little bit later. There's so much to talk about, but let's talk. You mentioned. You're recruiting and uh, becoming a, a penguin. Uh, you and I were talking last week a little bit mm -hmm. about that. I want you to get into a little bit about how that went and what you did. Before that, I, I, just a little preference. Um, myself, uh, a YSU fan, a YSU graduate, and a uh, you know a, a big supporter of YSU my entire life. You know, I remember the 1979 team that played for a national title. Mm -hmm. uh, that was Division Two back then. And that was Coach Narduzzi, you know, right. and I remember, you know, paying attention to that as a young kid and how exciting that was. And then, of course, a few years later, Jim Trestle comes to town, I think it was 86. Yeah. And uh, started building his program. And it didn't take long, you know, to uh, get to the playoffs. I think his second year, he made it to the playoffs. But the year before you got there, they were undefeated. And I believe they played Central Florida in losing a game at home on a field goal in the last play of the game leading into the 91 season, I believe. Yeah, well, I know they were undefeated. I, I do not remember if it was Central Florida. I thought it was Florida A&M. It may have been. I'm just testing my own memory. I, I, I was thinking it was colors. Central Florida, but yeah. They had, they, they had uh, Miami University colors, the okay. orange, green, and the white. Okay. I'm not trying yeah. to. Um, no, I, I honestly, I can't remember myself. I was thinking I think it was Central. I think it was Florida a and okay. I was at the game. Now, I remember. Do you, curiosity. Uh, I'm trying to remember now. This is my own memory because I, I, I tell everybody I don't go with notes. Mm -hmm. I don't look things up. I just no, go. I don't prefer them either. <laughs> um, do you remember who you played the first year in the playoffs that year in 91? Oh, God, we're going back. I, I know. That's you, a huge question. My memory is bad tonight. I told you before Yeah, you we did. Started. I just – because I was thinking it was the exact same team, but I'm not 100% um, sure. I, I, I could be 100% wrong, and, 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 and I would have know. to look it up, but – you know, it's not that big of a deal. But uh. <laughs> I, I do remember one of the teams that we played, the game that really sticks out for me in 1991 was Villanova. Right. And a good friend of mine. Maybe that's who it was. Well, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Jeff Wilkins, who was 
one of the greatest kickers. Kickers in the NFL, in, yeah. In not only college history, but the NFL. I mean, mm-hmm. he played for the Super Bowl winning uh, Rams. Rams, exactly. Uh, and then he, you know, went to another Super Bowl the year after. Correct. Unfortunately, didn't Our, get it. Um, he had a long career in the NFL, and he he broke a lot of records. He did. He, um, was, he made a kick in that Villanova game that won it. And right. not only that, um, we, there was a catch by our receiver. Um, it, it, it was, and I'm going blank right now. Do you remember the receiver that? Oh. It was the kid from Bourbon, right? Yes, I uh, was Brad. I want to say Brad Smith, but that's the wrong one. No, uh, you know, I know. I'm trying to remember that Brad Smith actually played for for Cheney. But um, oh God, I know him too. I can't think of his uh, name. I'm terrible with names. My tongue and. Uh, he I'll was have a to Borden look it up. Graduate, yes, and he made one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Yeah, um, there have been few catches that I've I witnessed in my lifetime that were remarkable and memorable, and that was one of them. And the other, you know, it was put it this way: I put that catch as high as Lynn Swan's catch in the it Super would, Bowl. It looked like it a little bit, yeah. But but I um, meant the difficulty and importance of the catch in a ball game. And you know, it was. He I think, was more on. He literally, while he was falling this to the ground, it was juggling, juggling it. Yeah. And when he hit the ground, he took the form of of that catch that you right. were referring right. to, and he caught it on the last bounce with his fingertips and pulled it in. And uh, they called it a touchdown. And we looked at that film over and over uh, in film study because we have every view. And he actually caught it right in front of the goalposts of right. the scoreboard end. And that's where one of our cameras are, too, and they were able to zoom right, right Actually, in. he caught it. That uh, brings up a, another quick story. Uh, totally, uh, a few years later, my actually, my brother was a person who filmed those games really? and was used to climb the... Uh, this, the, oh, those, uh, I heard those were some Those long, stairs, yeah. yeah, up up the, uh, the scoreboard and and get the uh, the line play, yeah. And That's that, awesome. What a small world. Yeah, you never know. But uh, anyways, Matt, I know you, like you said, you played for the three teams that won championships, and we are talking about it earlier. I kind of brought it in, um, talking about your recruiting. Now, you were actually very high, highly recruited because you were one of the top linemen in the state of Ohio that were was available as uh, to be recruited that year, and some of the major programs uh, were looking at you at the time, and then in the end, you chose uh, Youngstown State. Can you just get into uh, how that recruiting process went for you and how you chose uh, the Penguins? Yeah, um, you know, I'm very proud to say um, I'm a graduate of Ursuline High School. I graduated in 1991. Um, I started playing, obviously, when I was a freshman there, and uh, you know, really struggled through getting myself into physical shape to to start. Um, you know, very few people ever start as freshmen. You know, at Ursuline, at least when I was there, we were Division Three, Region Nine. Um, which was considered one of the best regions right. in the state. Um, I started both ways my junior year and senior year, offensive tackle, defensive tackle. I was recruited as an offensive tackle. 
Um, I specifically was very good at playing left tackle. In college, left tackle is usually, unless you have a left-throwing quarterback, the backside of the quarterback, and they usually call that the open side. The open side is basically you usually, unless you go double tights, which means double tight ends, and uh, nine times out of ten, you're running the ball. Um, I would have nobody next to me. Uh, what The closest player next to me would be wide receivers spread out, and they were no help to me during blocking. <laughs> uh, another reason I was uh, recruited for that was because I had quick feet, and I was able to go against those quicker defensive outside linebackers, defensive ends. Um, it was a difficult job, and they like to look for guys that can do that. Um, I was recruited by a lot of uh, big-time Division One teams, um, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. I, I just missed a, a full scholarship to Notre Dame. I actually got a call from legendary co- coach Lou Holtz telling me that they would have loved to have me as a player, but my grades were just a shy too low for their requirements there, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I, I missed out by a couple grade points, and, and they have high standards. At Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and then um, I also was being looked at schools like Clemson, Michigan State, and one school that I really – was close to going to uh was colorado and in boulder Uh, i flew out there they flew me i flew by myself first class Um, not bad for an 18 year old they treated me well there i can't really speak of some of the things that occurred while i was there (laughs) Um, but i had a good time let's just put it that way um they really you know one of the things i i I do want to say is um to the recruits out there you get a lot of pressure put on you when you're on your official visit um so much so that uh during one of my uh recruiting sessions i had my parents with me because my father he's no longer with us he passed away four years ago from pancreatic cancer he was my best friend and he was it was me and him the decisions were made through him and me and uh i visited a a school and we did not like the coach there and that coach just so happened to be john cooper and we did not like the fact that he did not know how to beat michigan and our opinions were of the fact that he was not from ohio and he wasn't and uh, a buddy of mine who was a parade All-American, I was a blue-chip All-American. We were both first-team of all Ohio, all-SVC, all-NEO. Um, we made everything together. Um, they wanted to give us a, a lot of schools do dual uh scholarships they say hey we'll take you and you and you know because sometimes one guy might not be getting recruited as high as the other um and they'll do that in our case it was not that and we both said no my friend diallo went to michigan and uh i took a trip to youngstown state and i had some friends of mine that said what you know why are you gonna waste your official visit on YSU. You're going to Ohio State. You're going to Colorado. You're going to Michigan. You went to Notre Dame. What are you doing? And I said, you know what? 
there's something about Jim Trussell I just want to see. So I went on my official visit, and then the next day after, you know, the the fun was had. Right. Um, my parents and I sat down with Coach Trussell, and, and the serious stuff started. And... <laughs> You know, I joke that I I feel like he has the ability to put you in a trance because he got me to totally believe in everything he said. He said he was going to win championships. He said he would take care of me. He said he that you would, uh, you know, you would not pay for school. You would not worry about anything while you were there. We would we would treat you like a family, uh, and you would know what it is to win. And uh, he he didn't lie. And I chose YSU, and it was a big hubbub. It was in the paper. Um, friends of mine didn't speak to me for years over it. Um, they thought I should have gone bigger. You know, I'm like, it's my decision. Sure, it's your life. And I went there, and I went to four straight national championships. And I always say this to people: How many times does a person that plays football get to experience going to one? Which the percentage it has to be it's extremely like low, going yeah. to the NFL, right? Much less going to four straight. And winning three out of four, losing one by a field goal, 17 seconds at the end of the championship. Nobody. No, no. So um, I met my wife, Stacy, there. Um, we adopted my daughter, Amira, years later. And I would not have my family, if not for Jim Trestle, talking me into staying home and going to Youngstown State. It's amazing how one decision, one opportunity really puts that path for someone yeah. and, and what can happen. And that's that's the most amazing thing. That's just like, you know, you hear about opportunities and you have to take advantage of what in front of you. If there's a dog barking in the background, don't worry about it. I hope it's not. <laughs> I hope it's not heard. No, hey, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> By the way, just for uh, normal. Uh, uh, just for our listeners, uh, Matt has opened up his house to us to uh, do the podcast here. So my thanks to uh, Matt and uh, his family for allowing us to come over and talk uh, sports and Anytime. everything going on. But uh, let's talk. I mean, I just wanted to get that out because I, I know people may remember the name and but just does not, you know, may not remember exactly everything that went on. And we're talking. Unfortunately, you know, I say this for myself. It was a few years ago, you know. Yeah, it was. And, Man. you know, I, I want to finish with one thing. Yeah, I, you please. Know, I, I was playing, and uh, I ended up having five knee surgeries during my time there. And the last one was the last one. They told me that there is basically nothing left of your knee. There, there's nothing we can do. Basically told me. And all were, you know, your career is over, which was absolutely devastating. And if, you know, you're brought up playing the game and you understand how much the love of it, you know, or if you've played other sports and you know if it's take, it's stripped from you, it's taken from you without being able to finish right the sense of not being able to finish. Make your own decision. Sure. I was psychologically scarred i'm still to this day i am um i went through some dark times 
especially because I had Coach Trestle. He came and visited me in the hospital, and my wife told you this. Um, and he said, Matt, I just want you to know, you know, and I was proud of this because, and it was hard at the same time. Coach Trestle doesn't blow smoke up anybody's butt. He says it how it is. And if it's not true, he's not going to make you feel better. That's just how he is. Right. Um, you know, he's told guys that were on IR, you know, you're the enemy if you were yellow at times, which was maybe to some people a little rough. And, and I thought it was sometimes, too. Um, he told me, you know, if, if it means anything, I think you would have made it. And I had to start, I literally cried in front of him because it was devastating to know he thought I could have made it. Um, but, you know, it was awesome as well. Oh, there's no question. Let's take a quick break and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pick it back up. There's a little off button. Right? Hi, everyone. This is Tim. I'm here to talk to you about Direct Sellers Wine Club. Join Direct Sellers Wine Club. Get your monthly deliveries direct to your door. Discover new selections each month and build a business. This is a great opportunity not only to introduce new wines to yourself, but to your family, friends, and colleagues. And in the process, you'll get free wine and an opportunity to build your own business. Direct Sellers Wine Club revolutionary approach puts the focus 100% on you. So join Direct Sellers Wine Club. To learn more, go to our Facebook page, Radio MVP, and click the Shop Now button. Or contact me at Tim at RadioMVP.com. That's Tim at RadioMVP.com. All right, man. Part two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll get it going here in a second. So, oh, I know what I was going to start. I was going to say, let's uh, let's zoom to today and how you and I have become partners on Z104. We're doing high school football together. Like I mentioned before, if you heard our scoreboard show this past week, you heard Matt doing some of the uh, analysis for the game. Talk about just yourself, uh, your experiences so far being in the radio booth. Well, um, a, a few years ago, my uncle, John Cappy Caparanis, he's the voice of the Harding Raiders, uh, was actually at the station. He was working for Cumulus, and he used to do uh, shows with Mark Means. And I would call in every week, and he would have me as the quote-unquote football insider. And I loved it. And, you know, because everyone was telling me, you know, I I would literally sit, I watch football games, and and I say things before they say it on TV, and it's word for word the exact same thing. And that had been going on since I was a kid. I would call plays. They would call the same play. So, obviously, I eye for the sport. Um, everyone kept saying, you're wasting your time. Start doing that. Try and find a way to get involved. So, um, I contacted Mark because of my uncle telling me he had no longer was working at 1240. And I contacted Mark, and he told me that I could buy airtime and do my own show, which I did last year, just football with Matt Amps, which is just getting ready to start up again i started up a little light last year and i'm starting around the same time this year because it's a long football season it is and we have to 
pay for our airtime. <laughs> hey, tell me about it. I've done it myself. But what it did is it taught me, because Mark was my board operator, and if anybody doesn't understand what that is, he does all of the uh, computer-type stuff to keep everything on the air running well. He makes sure the commercials are done right. And, you know, I had sponsors, so they had to hear their commercials. And him and I spoke back and forth, which really helped teach me how to do it too because if I was by myself I don't know who you know how it really would have went um this year came and Mark asked me to start doing his radio show with him every Tuesday and also on top of that there is a local semi-pro football team called the Western Reserve Scourge who play their football games in the summer right before football starts in the fall and I was calling games with him with that. And that is what really helped me practice and prepare for what you and I are doing together now. And, um, you know, when that ended, the, the new part of the year started. There was a little bit of a break in between finishing up with them and starting with you. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how great it is doing this with you it's an honor you've been doing this for so many years you know how to do it when you are doing play by play i feel like i'm listening to you know uh, you know somebody off of espn well thank you i'm not just rubbing (laughs) your ego you have a great play by play voice my wife has told me the same um, people that have heard family members are like, wow, how long's that guy been doing that? He sounds great. So uh, you have the voice and you have the talent, and I look forward to working with you and learning from you more than anything. I appreciate that. All those uh, com- compliments there. I'm not good at taking them, but I enjoy it. But I'll tell you what, uh, this is what I enjoy is I think what you bring to a broadcast. It's exciting because not only have you played, but you can explain what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is what most people who listen to a ball game want to hear. They, know, they just don't want to hear about how exciting the play was. They want to understand what play was run and how it was run or who made the big block. You know, parts of the game that, as a play-by-play person, I really do miss because I tell everyone, I follow the ball. Right. So I, I make see certain players develop or certain plays develop. And I can say, watch out for such and such or, you know, it's going to happen. Or someone's just checked into the huddle, you know, and it's a wide receiver or a tight end type scenario. So you can, you, you right. And I'll, I may check that out. But you, what Matt brings to the, bro- the broadcast is the interior stuff. What I mean by that is he can see the line play. He understands, well, understandably, and he also, you can see the defensive play because, like I said, when I'm actually watching the ball game, I'm watching the ball. So I'm from the moment it's snap to the end of the play, my concentration is not on the whole field but more where the ball's going and where the play's developing. But you can see the defense and what they're in and how they're reacting to the offense. And to me, and I've been doing this, you know, for like 15, 20 years now, that's the most important part of a broadcast that I can't bring. And that, to me, is what's so exciting about our broadcast 
for myself because I see, yeah, you know, I hear information that I normally don't get. I usually get more about, oh, he made a great, you know, move on, you know, on the defensive back and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I seen that too, you know, yeah. and and not not knocking anybody I worked with before. It's just different view, vantage point, and I think that's what makes our partnership so interesting is because you bring that that analysis of the entire field view versus just like myself who will just truly follow the ball because that's what I need to do. And, and you know what? You bring up a good point. And I learned that years ago when I was in high school. My high school coach from Earthland High School was Dick Angle, uh, a great legendary coach out of this area. Uh, he coached at Ursuline and brought teams to countless playoff runs. Exactly. Um, put countless players in Division One schools and, and lower. Um, touched many lives in positive ways and people that went on to be great individuals. He moved from Ursland to Howland, which I told everybody when he took over. I said, Mark, because I lived in this right. area because of my wife and Niles. I said, you better watch out for Howland because Dick Angle is going to change this squad. And the first year, uh, you can't blame it on it. Had no, he had nothing to do with it. I guess they were really bad. But within three years, they were dominating the area. And by the end of his tenure there, they were making runs in the playoffs. In fact, a couple were. They almost won state. Uh, he told me when I was young at Ursland, Matt, when you're watching film or you're watching TV at home with your mom and dad or whoever and you're watching a football game, don't watch the ball carrier. Don't be like the people sitting on their couch and, you know, their 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 armchair quarterbacks. And I'm not saying anything negative about you. No, you're correct. the play-by-play man. You have to do that. He said, watch the line play. Watch the guys down in that line. He says, that's where everything develops. He said, watch what's going on as the play develops and try not to watch that ball. So, you know, he also said that will help you in in your play. And it did. It helped me become a better football player. But as I've looked... Um, and as time has been going by, then the short time that I've been calling color, um, it has really started to help me. And I think I'm being, being able to uh, connect that attribute from all those years ago into now. And I truly believe as you and I go on with each game, you and I, our kismet is going to get better. Um, and I think we're going to be one of the best uh, two guys calling games in the area for uh, play-by-play in color. I, you know, I, I really look forward to this rest of the season and, and growing our uh, listenership, not just on our podcast here, but uh, over on Z104, because I think you are correct. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, you know, myself, I, I really haven't talked about it a lot, but I did many games over the years. I, I, mean, I started here in Ohio. Matter of fact, started up here in Warren, Ohio, on uh, 1440 doing games. And then from there, I went, uh, I did, I bought time, like you were talking about, and did games on 1440. And then I ended it up uh, taking a couple years off because just opportunity wasn't there. And it's expensive to buy time, as you yes, know. It is. And 
you know, there's rights fees and everything else along in our area that's not in other parts of the state. So needless to say, that's a whole different story we can talk about another day. But my point is I ended up going to Western Pennsylvania to do games. I did maybe five or six years. Uh, the last, you know, I, in between, I would go back and forth. Uh, I went over to, you know, Franklin and, and Oil City and uh, Meadville uh, to do games. I would travel. Uh, I go up to Titusville to do a game, which is about an hour and a half from here, mm-hmm. just to, uh, you know, make $40 for the game and spend 20 of it in gasoline. But that's, <laughs> but that's what you do. Yeah, that's yeah. what you do. You know, it, I always say, you know, that you, you always hear the old uh, adage uh, is, uh, I think it was an old radio show uh and you hear it uh, many people uh, know the saying uh, have gun will travel mm-hmm. and i used to say have mike will travel uh, i like that so uh you know and that's exactly what i did you know and you do that uh you do high school football baseball basketball i did college bas- football and basketball for uh allegheny up in uh, meville one year so you know it's it's just opportunities you got to mm-hmm. take them when they come and to get back here in Ohio the last couple of years has been great. I did uh, two of the last three years down in uh, Salem on uh, WSOM, working with Mark Means and uh, the guys over at Cumulus. And then, of course, this year we moved to the FM band on Z104. And uh, we're back here in Trumbull County, which, you know, it's kind of like home to me. Even though I'm a Mahoney County guy, I've done a lot of coverage over the years in uh, Trumbull County. And uh, there's some great people who cover sports up here over the years and uh you know and you learn different people talking about dick angle and it was funny you mentioned you know you were telling everybody i was saying the same thing i was on the radio on 1440 uh doing sports talk in the afternoon with eric bolin who now uh, covers the yankees on a daily basis writing uh for i think one of the new york papers anyways uh and we were talk. we always talked high school local sports and when Dick Angle got the job, now Eric was from Cleveland. He didn't know much about him. I says, "Oh, Eric, I says this is a big hire." I says, "They, oh, yeah. they done it right. They, yeah. they went out and yeah, found they someone. Gotta, they got a. They, they're gonna, program. they're gonna turn this program around because yeah. uh, I says Dick Angle's a winner. He just finds, he knows what he's doing, and it's just it may take him a few years, but he'll, he'll turn that program around. And of course, he did, yep. and he had what 10, 12 more years of success yeah, before he, he retired. Now he's uh, gone yeah, yeah, you know that's awesome, and that's what I, I love about high school coaches. I've met a lot of them over the years, and some of them are the are some of the greatest people you meet because, a, they care about their kids, they want they have a drive to win, and they have a drive to teach, and that's to me the most important part about coaching. Now maybe you give me a different point of view because this you played the game. I played one year in high school football, and that was it. And I hurt my knee, and I was done, and ended up doing other things. And, but to me, those who are willing to put teaching above everything, meaning what the concept of the game, the concept of what the player needs to do, are the most successful. Uh, and it doesn't matter what genre of sports you're talking about, if it's baseball, if it's football, if it's basketball, if it's soccer, whatever the the, the uh, person who's playing it. If you have what I call a coach, but more of a, a teacher of a coach, meaning he wants to 
see your talent and improve your talent, not just use your talent. Right. And you find a lot of coaches who, who recognize talent but don't know how to develop it. Oh, yeah. But those who teach it usually can develop it. Does that make any sense? It makes sense. Perfect sense to me. Yeah. yeah. yeah I know where you're going with that. But you know what? I, you, you were talking about when you were in Pennsylvania, and, I, and I've had this question in my mind since you mentioned that, and I don't mean to no. change the subject. Look right ahead. But, and I agree with you what you just said, so we can put that in a little cup and we'll talk about it later. When you were in, in PA, what was your favorite area that you did radio on? And in your opinion, where is, from what you saw, obviously, the best football in, in those areas you did? Oh, that's a great question. There's... um. I did two sections of Western Pennsylvania. I did Lawrence County, uh, which was really, really in the day with some, a lot of talented young players. Uh, and then I'm talking about Lawrence County. I'm talking about uh, Newcastle and Neshanic mm-hmm. and that area. Plus, you went towards Allegheny. You, you went towards uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. So you went into a lot of the schools from the Pittsburgh area, which, again, in the bigger population you have more opportunity to find more talent. So that was really some of the some of the best players on individual players. I don't care if it was a defensive back or quarterback or such as, you know, that type thing. That was impressive. Now, probably what I consider the most underrated rivalry in high school sports in the nation, I got to cover. And it is rivals in years with McKinley and Maslin. Oh, yes. Uh, McKinley, Maslin. I've never covered that game. But there's a game in Western Pennsylvania that has been played just about as many years, and that is Franklin and Oil City. I've heard of it. And it is, when I was covering it, they were basically even, almost 50-50. You know, each team wins and losses against each other. So it's a very competitive game most years. Uh the few, I think I did about four years. I think Oil City happened to win all four of them because Franklin was kind of down in football at that time. And, but that, to me, was exciting because these two communities, if you're familiar with Western Pennsylvania, not every community is really close. There's some distance between each one. These two were neighboring communities. Oil City and Franklin are divided by eight miles. And it became known as the Eight Mile War, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And it was, how can I outdo you, either on the basketball court or on the football field? And, uh, and it goes beyond each, each school would try to outdo the other, even at halftime and stuff like that. And I'll never forget, I was doing a basketball game, and I'm at halftime. And I forget what the score was, and I may have the video or audio of it somewhere in my house. But... uh what well, Oil City came to Franklin for a basketball game, and Franklin decided for the halftime show, they actually brought the marching band onto the court. <laughs> now I'm on the court, and here I am trying to give the basic information. And I look at I have about two, maybe thirty seconds, maybe a minute into it. I had a partner with me at the time. I said, "Be a tight fit." Too. Yeah, and I was and I was at midcourt, and I looked at him and I says, "You know what?" I said, we're not going to fight this. We're just going to let the band play. 
and record it you know, and let it go over the airways and then after the end have fun and talk about it and that was what it was it was an answer to what oil city did when they traveled there and i can't remember exactly what i think they had their prep band and they had a dance clean all on a on the floor so how did they answer they brought the ba- the band the entire marching band out and did a performance at halftime of a basketball game <laughs> so and just you know stuff like that i remember and uh, it's just yeah that's that's phenomenal um i tell you another great thing uh most people sports wise i have a picture of it somewhere too i'll have to look for it uh, there's a plaque in titusville and it's part of their Hall of Fame. And in their Hall of Fame is John Heisman. Oh, yeah. John Heisman graduated from Titusville. Heisman. Of course, people who know what I'm talking about, Heisman, the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. It was named after him. Wow. And uh, he actually was born in Cleveland, Ohio. They moved to Titusville uh, when he was young. And he went to school and was a, uh, a star for Titusville Rockets. And he's part of their Hall of Fame. About him being from Ohio, I did not know specifically which school in PA that he. Yeah, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's it's they're all unique little communities up that way. I say little, but there I'm sure you know that's kind of an insult to them. So I apologize, but they're they're very knit, close knit communities. They care about each other. You know the rivalries between those uh, and uh, that area of Pennsylvania is a lot of fun. Yeah, it, that area includes like maybe Erie. Yeah, you have Erie. There are some awesome programs. We there are Erie Prep. When matter of right. And uh, matter of fact, a friend of mine who I did. Uh, if you have a chance, uh, go listen and download my one-on-one interview with Ray Reinstorf. Uh, Ray is the play-by-play guy for Erie McDowell. And we also played Erie McDowell. And uh, Ray and I worked together. Uh, up in uh, Meadville area, uh, he did the Meadville games. I did the Oil City and the Franklin games, and uh, we talked about you know how we met and how we en- ended up working at for the same company, which was uh, Forever Broadcasting, mm-hmm. which uh, was known as the Alleghany News Talk Sports Network, and that's how we uh, met. And uh, I, just a few weeks ago, I ended up uh, doing a podcast with him, talking about his career. How he got started, the whole thing, and uh, talking about coming up. Matter of fact, we're going to have Matt, or excuse me, we're going to have Ray back on the podcast here to get updates about uh, how McDowell's doing this year and, and where they're going. And um, we're going to set you up for you can do some of the podcasts from uh, your house as I use the internet. Most of them know that we use Google Hangout for uh, some of our podcasting, and it's, it's a great app and it works well. And uh, looking forward to get you set up. And for you can uh, participate in our in our continued growth of this podcast. And, you know, uh, this is what I love about this. There's no real format here. Many people know Anthony. and I will talk. Anthony loves his sports. And that's a great thing because he keeps me focused on sports. (laughs) He's very focused. Yeah. And no. And I mean that as as a very much of a compliment because he is a true fan and being as someone who's worked in the media, sports media and all that, I'm still a fan, but I have a different view than I used to have. Yeah, you take it I, I don't necessarily take wins and losses as hard as fans do. I, I care, and I absolutely was devastated when my Indians lost in the World Series in Game 7, 
and extra innings for the second time in my lifetime. Absolutely devastated. Oh, yeah. But I can also turn the page quickly, which a lot of people don't understand. But that's Mm. because when you cover it, you have a different vantage point. Now, I never want to lose the idea that I'm a fan of the game or a fan of players or coaches and stuff like that. But when you cover a game, you get a different point of view. And I think yeah. you'll see that here in the next year or two. I'm, I'm not saying to. I, I'm yeah. not to where you are. No, and that takes experience, you know, and, and, I, and I hope you don't lose it because I think that is part of being a fan that, you know, you have to be. I don't care what you're doing. You have to have a passion for your teams. You know, if you're a Browns fan, you're a passion for the Browns. If you're a Steelers fan, you got a passion for the Steelers. If you're a Cavaliers fan, you have passion for basketball and the NBA and, and so, so forth. And that passion, I think, is something that most fans have. And I think most people in the media, like myself, sometimes take for granted because we've learned to turn the page so often. And I think that passion is so important. I think that's why I enjoy Friday night so much mm-hmm. because I have passion to bring the game to our audience and you know i don't try to root for one team or another sometimes i'm rooting for both teams because i want a great game you know like we had last friday night what a game between jfk and labray and i'll tell you what both those teams i i'm really think they are they both have great chances i know it's only week two of the season we're going to week three, yeah. but I really think we could possibly see both those teams in the playoffs this year. I agree. And before we start on that really quick, uh, you know, my wife has said to me since we've been together, how can you sit here and watch these games so calm? And it's very similar to what you described. When I've played, when you've played the game and you've been there, you are able to, like, for instance, we go to games and we'll be on the field or something, and I'm looking at the fans going berserk. And I'm just calm as you, you know, calm as calm can be. It's just when you've played, you can also do that. Right. But there are times still that I get really excited, and that's the player also in me. Going back to last Friday night, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, I agree with you, Tim. Uh, both of these squads have good players on them. I was so impressed, first of all, with how JFK stayed composed. They looked like maybe they were going to get to a point that they uh, had their hands full and they couldn't handle it because LeBray has got some good-looking football players, and they were putting it on them for a little bit. It looked like maybe it was going to swing to a point that JFK couldn't come back. JFK came back. They stayed composed. They looked good. And in overtime, they made less mistakes than LeBray did, and so be it. That's how the score went. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we talk about the, the importance of defense and making plays and uh, and how that works in any type of sport, especially football. You know, I I always equate it to baseball, and I always tell people about baseball. You know, it's a unique game because it's the only sport that I can think of where the defense controls the ball. And, you know, defense actually plays a huge part of the game. Oh, Though yeah. offense everyone talks about because, you know, obviously batting is more more sexy and more more uh, in the face or whatever you want to say because it's important. You have to score runs. 
But I always tell everyone, access, you know, every run you score or any sport, it forces the other team to have to do it twice to beat you. Like, for example, if you get a touchdown early in a ball game, all of a sudden you have to score two times to take the lead. You have to have once maybe to tie the game and once to take the lead or, right. or, or to cut the lead and then take the lead in any type of sport. So that shows you the importance of defense. And I thought we seen that last in overtime really show its face because, you know, Kennedy was able to go down the field and get their touchdown. And then defensively, they made two big plays, you know, back to back. And that really ended up being the difference in that ball game. Not just the interception to end it, but the, the previous play where they lost four or five yards and forced them in a long third down oh, situation. Yeah, yeah. They had there were there were situations in that game that uh, there were there were some flags called that that really if they weren't called they would have helped them. Oh, absolutely, know, yeah, uh, immensely, and it might not even have gone to overtime. Yeah, so no, it um, was. Yeah, I mean that's the exciting thing about sports is you just don't know what you're going to see each time you take the field. It's like this week's game. We have champion who uh, I believe is. 0-2 in the season, and then you have McDonald that's 1-1. So, I mean, we don't know what we're going to see yet. I mean, we have maybe some ideas like what we expect, but I haven't talked to either coach. I haven't seen either team play yet this year. And that's the exciting part about this coming Friday's game to me is the unknown. You know, what exactly is going to occur? Because a team usually improves throughout the season. Most teams do it. And you know, we'll, we're going to see probably champion maybe starting hit that stride for their first time this year. And then we have McDonald, who, you know, was coming off a tough loss uh, a couple weeks ago. I think, or even was it last week, it was 38-37, something like that. It was a close game. And uh, you never know, you know, how a team reacts after stuff like that. So I think that's the exciting part of covering high school sports is you just don't know on any given Friday night. You know, it's kind of like that movie any given Sunday night. You know, right. Sunday, it's the same thing because uh, you're talking about 16-, 17-, 18-year-old young men playing this game and the the experience of being under the lights and making plays and having your family and your your friends in, on the stands cheering you. I mean, it's it's a unique experience that those who play it at that level understand. Trust me, um, you're hitting many nails on the head, Tim. Sitting there, just going to high school level, being on the field, hearing the sounds. Because when you're when you're playing the game and you're in play, you don't hear anything. It's really odd. You're kind of like just. It's almost like somebody has a a PlayStation controller of you, and you are under their control. There have been times I have done things physically that I never knew I could do. And if I just tried, the to, if, of the, of yeah, the oh yeah. yeah. If I tried to do them like just in practice, thinking about it, I couldn't do it. So and it happened so fast. So it's things like that, like you were mentioning. Uh, you know, like during breaks of between plays, I would look up and I would see family, and I would see maybe a certain girl or. 
you know, I would just get that Russian smell of the smoke and the food. And, and not that I was hungry, just all of those senses, hearing the band. Right. Uh, you know, maybe a, a person from the uh, student section of the opposing team saying something that I heard. All of that stuff playing, uh, you know, into that situation makes you react differently sometimes. And I remember certain things that I blew up over and bam, dang, Matt, what were you thinking of during that play when we were going over in films and we had a touchdown? Right. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great sport and I'm so excited to be uh, calling it. I, I uh, you know, am excited about this week because you have again mcdonald who for years and years usually pumps out a team like 10 and very much a exactly i was gonna say yeah a perennial playoff type caliber program and the last few years champion has also had teams that have gone into the playoffs so i'm a little surprised that they're they're winless right now but as you said you know maybe this you know, they've like I have said many times and I believe it Coach Trussell, you know, put it to us and we took it and learned from it. You can learn a lot from a loss, sometimes more than a win. And See, I think people misunderstand that. I want to talk about that just for a quick second, Matt. And, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, you know, and, and you always hear the, the term you hear sports fans say or sports talk today. That was a good loss. And I always come back and say, there's no such thing as a good loss. There's understanding of what you may have done wrong, Correctly. but there's no such thing as a good loss. Well put, well said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never uh, thought it was a good loss per se, but um, when. No, you, I know, but you hear that terminology yeah, a lot. You put it perfectly. That's the best way to put it. Um, and, you know, we learned that. If you can learn from that loss and not make those same mistakes again, and as a team not make those same mistakes again, uh, you can do great things. And we did do great things. And I've been on some amazing teams that learned from that. Brought up the 91 uh, bracket. Right. Remember early yeah. you asked me, and I all I can remember was Villanova. I think that's who it was. Yeah. Villanova was uh, our first game. We beat them 17-16 with Herb Williams and, and uh, Jeff Williams. Then the person we were trying to think the name of earlier was Herb yeah. Williams. Yes. And then the next game we had was Nevada, and that was a very <laughs> cold game. And f- and, missed field goal at the end of the ball game, yeah, wins it for YSU. That's right. And then the semifinal was uh, Samford, who we played last year in the right. playoffs. So um, a little familiarity for you right there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a run and uh, learned a lot through the years and made mistakes through the years and turned away offers that I shouldn't have turned through the years. But – it's brought me here, and, and I'm glad I'm starting to do what I'm doing, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it, and um, I can't wait for Friday. I can't wait for Friday neither, but I got one more question about your career, and, and this goes from high school through college, okay? Now, we're going to exclude both Jim Trestle and, and Dick Angle, your two head coaches. Okay. 
And it doesn't have to be your favorite coach. It doesn't have to be who you think was your best coach. Who was the most memorable assistant coach or uh, position coach that you were around? It could have been a defensive back coach. It could have been an offensive line coach. Just the most memorable and why? Um, <laughs> I, I know it's a tough question. I just I, It was kind of going through my head, but I wanted you know to see what, what you thought. You know who I'm going to say? Um, his name was Coach Tony Naples. He was the head coach of my Northeast Catholic Tar Heel team when I was in 7th and 8th grade. I went to St. Edwards Junior High School. We were not allowed to play football until 7th grade in, in those right. levels. Uh, and it was Catholic, and it was a feeder school to Ursuline. We joined with St. Anthony's and Immaculate Conception to make that team. We won the championship two years in a row, undefeated. I remember Coach Naples because I was not physically gifted at that age. I was short. I was overweight. Whenever we started practice, we would run this very long lap down the field around these trees and back and I was always last and he was always telling me that you can do it Matt you can be great all you have to do is believe in yourself and one day you will be and I know it and I always remembered him and I always remembered that and when I won the Mack Truck Award and other awards in high school at Ursuline, he found a way to get in touch with me, and he told me he was so proud of me. And I saw him somewhere else when I was, I think I was a freshman at YSU, and he hugged me, and we were actually in tears. Awesome. And I'll never forget him. Yeah, so these are the type of people who really make a difference in a uh, person's uh, career and life. I mean, it does not necessarily always have to be successful in the field, but they, they definitely, like I say, uh, make, make a difference in a person's life, you know, and that's, that's, that's cool that they, they recognize, you know, certain things. And when someone achieves it, they, they want to reach out and congratulate them and make them know that, you know, all their hard work is worth it. Matt, I want to thank you. I had a great time tonight. I had a great time. Too. I know we're going to do this again, and we're going to get more into it. We had more. This is more like a one-on-one thing, but it's actually going to be Radio MVPs episode number fifteen. Kind of a just Matt and I chatting. And uh, Anthony, we'll see you next week or later this week, hopefully, and we'll get into uh, the actual ins and out of the ball game. We'll talk about the uh, the Penguins, and we'll get into the Indians who can't lose. Hopefully, they're winning tonight, and uh, we'll. We'll go on from there. But, Matt, I'll definitely see you Friday on Z104. Yes, sir. And, Anthony, uh, we'll see you as well. And I'm just sad you weren't here, but I know you'll be here next time. All right. Hey, everyone, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. For Radio MVP, I am Tim. Peace. <laughs>